your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I think combined that would be a Kuna Matata Super Prejudice. Yeah, like one long, however you want to say that, yeah. Uh, All right, everybody, what's going on? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, and the Avalanche make it 16 in a row at home with a 2 to nothing victory over Chicago. It didn't come easy. And this was just like I I don't I I'm trying to wrap my head around this game. It was just a I guess like one of those old school just back and forth and when a a team made a mistake, if the other team was gonna have to capitalize on it. Just no I didn't really feel like there was really much flow to this game. So we'll break it all down. Uh, but there were some good spots, obviously. Yeah. Avalanche winning is one of them. But first things first, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. And definitely follow the show on social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter. Uh, Lockdown Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button and get notified when a new show goes live. So, yeah, Avalanche 2 to nothing. Uh, it was a grind. It was a grind. Yeah. And, and you know, in the end, Pavel Francos gets the the shutout. We'll talk about the goalies in, in the second segment because uh, some good stuff happening with the Avs. But overall, just a, I just I don't know. I just didn't. There was no, like, cohesion in this game. There was no – from both sides. Like, I think yeah. both sides are playing a, a strong defensive game. I'm going to get the stats up here. Um. Yeah, I mean, the Blackhawks had 24 shots on goal. The Avalanche with 29, and it showed. It didn't really yeah. seem like pucks were flying all over the place last night. I I realized this about sec- midway through the second period. This game was a New York Islander game from last year. Like, mm. Devin Taze brings over his Islander mm. ways, and that's what it was. It was just like we were talking in the last episode, like the defense needs to shore up get tightened up and quit allowing the odd man rushes. Well, they completely flipped that on its head. Like there was no rush of any kind on either side. And it was, yeah, I mean, every once in a while, I mean, you may got like one, but they got shut down. You'd mm-hmm. seen like ma- possibly materializing and then they just didn't happen. Uh, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. With yeah. You. And it was no goalie was going to let up anything either. So there was no, and of course, the one goal to get everything started was the just slowest dribbling puck I've ever seen. It was almost like the uh, the Sam Gerrard goal. The other yeah, day. that that was just an ugly goal, and that's what you needed. You, you yep. needed something to get on the board. I was wondering if once they they cracked Flurry if a floodgate would open because that's happened before with the avalanche and him mm-hmm. and that didn't happen. He, he played, he played great. Yeah. Very, he played great. Uh, and there, there were some shots. I can't remember who, who took, I think it was uh, Eric Johnson who, or maybe it was Jack Johnson who took one, the one from the point and he was kind of just like recovering from, yeah. from the right side. And he didn't even know the puck was coming, but he kind of just flailed it. Like he was, when that stuff's happening, you're like, all right, this is going to be an ugly game. This is going to be we have to get something uh, just capitalize on a mistake somewhere. 
But I will say that second goal that they got from Miko Rantanen was 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 pretty. Absolutely. Um, and the way he did it was the right way because he couldn't he needed to hold on to that puck for the uh, not even uh, another second, maybe another like 2 seconds knowing full well that that flurry was kind of sprawled out, but if he kind of just took it and and just instinctively shot it right away, the way that flurry was saving pucks, it would have probably gone into that blocker that he raised up. Yeah. But he waited, waited for him to raise it, and he, knowing that he's not going to keep it up for that long, he's got to lower it, and then he fired it backhand and roofed it. That was a yeah. very, very pretty goal for Miko Rantanen. And to have the wherewithal to not hold it too long and lose that angle, because the way he was drifting, the longer he held it, that angle just gets really tight, and there's yeah. a small room for error there. So a very veteran move for Miko very, there. Very, and it's not like the Avalanche didn't have some good moments. Like th- there were, there was a number, of, like several possessions that they held the puck in the offensive zone for a long period of time. And there was even one on the fourth line. The fourth line held it in there for a good amount of time, and they were just cycling. And they would get a decent look. That's what was bothering me was they would have good offensive possessions that led to an okay shot. Yeah. Nothing that was like all of a sudden you'd have like a cross ice pass that would leave somebody wide open and they would rip a, you know, a high percentage chance. It just wasn't happening. Nothing was materializing into really good scoring chances. And you wonder that if they're kind of going back and forth in their head, because we were complaining about their shot totals the other night. You wonder if they feel like there's like a quota they have to hit when it comes to shots. Yeah, that they keep trying like you you see them cycle more and they're trying to establish a really good shot. And when it's not there, you wonder if they're just like, okay, this is we're not going to find a shot. We have to make a shot and they just fire off these okay chances trying Mm -hmm. to make a good rebound because they're not getting their shot lanes. And like you saw that against Minnesota, Uh, uh, there's been a couple teams that just get in the way and I think it's starting to frustrate them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it can be. I, w- I wanted to look at um, kind of the stat line for, and we'll, we'll get to. Uh, it's going to take me to look at minute to look it up, so I'll wait. But um, where's my stats for the day? So you got McKinnon with the assist, and I, I don't know about you, but I was yelling at this. And I know the Avalanche had it kind of wrapped up. Why is he passing that to? to Gabe Landeskog in the end, the, the net is empty. He's got a fine angle. It's, you know, may, I mean, maybe there was a guy on him, but I think he's talented enough to, to, to find the right angle, which to, to shoot that puck into an empty net, but he passed it to a wildly offsides, uh, Gabe Landeskog. And I mean, I'm, and this is all happening with a minute left, but why get cute there? Yeah. Just, power at home, 3 nothing, and then you have nothing to worry about now. I never in a million years thought I would ask Nathan McKinnon not to be selfish. <laughs> uh, oh, that was killing me. And what I loved was was uh, Landis God, even though they, they, they blew the whistle because he was way off sides, yeah. still threw it into the net, and Chicago didn't like that too much, which I, I don't know why i mean i do know why but i don't know why at the same time like don't get so upset about that i mean come on yeah, that that was not i think that was just a way to get the frustration of the game out um 
because Chicago, they tried. They were on the same side, just trying to make shots and trying to get something going. And of course, you know, anything that happens after the whistle, they're going to get mad. And seeing Nathan McKinnon be so just team first to pass away from that empty net to give yeah. it to Landeskog, it had to be frustrating. Almost felt like they were getting dunked on. Yeah. So for expected goals, and I always like looking at expected goals, when goal, especially when a goalie has a shutout. Yeah. So Pablo Francois, no goals allowed. Expected goals against, 2.3. And, you know, when the Avs only score two, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other end, Marc-Andre Fleury gave up two goals. His expected was 3.02. So for even for him, a, a still still a good Saw game for it was a goalie battle. It was a goalie yeah. battle, defensive battle, and then it really showed. We want to talk about the goalie situation with the Avalanche right now. And I know there's probably some people out there shouting, Frankie's got to be number one. Frankie, like, stop. Uh, and just hear me out first before, because I love me some Frankie. Yeah. But uh, I, stop, I just want to collaborate and listen. <laughs> And on that, <laughs> Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march into the playoffs and towards the Super Bowl. What a weekend of NFL action we had last weekend. Uh, even though your Titans couldn't pull it out, it was still entertaining to watch. I'm a hockey guy. <laughs> yeah. First and foremost, Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, a new updated desktop and mobile website. When you sign up today, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. It's where the game starts. It's betonline.ag. So the goalie situation is kind of taking a turn for the Avs. Things have started to look good. I know a lot of people are. It's almost like there's a, a, a line in the sand drawn, and there's there's Kemper people and there's Frankie people, and I think maybe more people are on the Frankie side because he's been an Av longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, like I don't want to have that conversation of who needs to be one a and one B because I have these conversations with Adam unlocked on lightning all the time. And he, he is still of mind of you have one solid goalie and you work him to the bone. And when you have a guy like Andre Vasilevsky that he does, you can make that stick. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have two guys that uh, right now I am at the spot being an avalanche fan where I don't care who's in that. When I saw that Frankie was getting the start against Boston, I was like, okay, I didn't think anything outside of that. I didn't think, oh, well, this is interesting. Why isn't it Kemper? No. Now you have two healthy goalies. You give them a a workload that is conducive to where they are in the lineup let Kemper rest there is mm-hmm. no need to to just keep throwing a workload on him he can now have a normal workload Frankie can now have a normal workload and I don't care people might want to read into it like why would you give Frankie the start after a day off and we were talking about 
bringing in if would they trade for flurry and is this a matchup does flurry have to prove himself against the guy yep. that the avalanche might bring in yeah i don't see it like that people i see it as the avs have two goalies and this is exactly where they thought they would be with their goalies and went with bednar has a gut feeling who he wants to put out that's who he's going to put out and have total confidence he can do what he did, pitch a shutout. Yeah, and that's the, that's the thing that gets me the most about that conversation about bringing in Marc-Andre Fleury is they're usually the ones that are saying, well, we don't have a solid number one, so we're going to bring in Fleury and then compact our number one to 1A, and then you're going to push. Yeah. like, And you still, we have Eustace Annan also knocking on the door. He's he's getting ready. like It's about to be a very crowded goalie position, and... The beginning of the year, it was, what are we going to do in goal? Is Darcy going to be enough? Is Frankie going to be good and healthy? Well, check, check. We're good. Mm. 1A, 1B. It doesn't matter. Back-to-backs, we're set. Like, the goalie position is, I mean, we are well taken care of, and they're proving it. Like, shutouts. This is, yeah. and, and against really good teams, we were talking in the first segment about how good Chicago was. Like those weren't easy saves for Frankie. He had every, and especially how Chicago started that third period, absolutely nuclear on fire and didn't let anything in. Like he's calm and composed, and Frankie's showing all the confidence that Darcy was showing us about middle of the month. Yeah. Uh, you know, for, for me, like I, I always thought Kemper was playing okay. I mean, if you're just like paying attention to social media, you're thinking like, he's the Achilles heel of the team. Like mm-hmm. uh, he was, he was playing, he needed to play better. I'm not mm-hmm. saying he didn't, but he's starting to. And yeah. when you, when you come to a new team, sometimes it takes a little bit longer to, to figure things out and just get used to things. And I feel like he's there and he's a streaky guy. He really, yeah. he's always been a streaky guy. Like he'll give you a handful of, of great starts and then he'll follow it up with a handful of duds. And I think you're just going to have to deal with that. But the good thing now is, if he's in the middle of maybe like a, a three game like lull, you have Pavel Francos to put in there right now, and I and I feel like if this was a problem, a huge problem, then yeah, I think the Avalanche maybe would look at a guy like Flurry. I don't know someone, but right now this is why they let it play out for so long, mm-hmm. and this is why I'm, I'm happy that the the trade deadline isn't in January. Because mm-hmm. then you're making knee jerk reactions, and you're really—I mean, now now you've got—he's finally come back. Like I said, Frankie's come back. He's 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 finally healthy. And you were saying it for a long time. What can he do? We need to see him. We need to see him play. What can? Yep. He, and he's showing that. And yep. that only just rubs off on Kemper. Kemper's just going to keep playing well simply because Frankie's playing well. And the thing is, the Avalanche fans really need to realize right now: you have two incredible goalies getting hot at the same time, and. <clears throat> the comfortable thing for Avalanche fans to do is look for the next best option and goal. Like after Wall, we chased Abisher out of town. We had uh, Jean Sebastian Shiger chased him out of town, and then we had Varlamov. And then Grubauer came in, and then it was, I can't wait for Grubauer to start. Varlamov is gone. Same with Grubauer. Frankie, mm. Grubauer is gone. Now we have Frankie and Kemper. Like appreciate the two and the. The fact that we can use two whenever we want. We don't have a Vasilevsky. And you know what? We're going back to 82 games. Let's see if Vasilevsky can hold up for 82 games this go-around. 
Yeah. Be glad you have two very efficient goalies that can give you a shutout when you need it. Yeah. That's true. And and I still go back to the like the love affair that Avalanche fans have with Philip Grubauer. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like because he had that one good season, it's like everything he did before that is forgotten. Mm-hmm. And he struggled. There yeah. were times where he struggled. He struggled in net. He struggled to stay healthy. And I don't know what's going to happen with Darcy Kemper after this year because he's an unrestricted free agent. I would love to have him back. I would. I mean, if, if something you know better, I say quote, air quotes better. Like I, I don't know what the goalie situation is like in the free agent market, but I don't. I I, I don't know what the Abs can bring. They can't go spending. No. You know, uh, Vasilevsky money, who I think is making ten or eleven a year. They can't do that. So they have to be in like the mid range, and I would be completely fine seeing how Darcy Kemper has played both sides of it. Yeah, and 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 that's why like people were shouting for the Avs to make a trade or bring in a free agent. Yeah, when when Grubauer is here, and Joe Sakic went on record to say shortly after the season was over, say we're not doing anything at goal. We like the two goalies we have. We feel like the problem is injuries. And the injuries that they have, we feel are preventable. It's not mm-hmm. like it's not because of conditioning or anything like that. And look what happened. He wrote it out and Grubauer had a cash in season and now he's playing in Seattle and he's struggling because he's on a expansion team. I think and- that, that just just understanding that that these guys can be those guys and they're showing it now. <clears throat> it's exactly what they want. And you hit a fantastic point on what we're paying for these goalies. If you look at what Vancouver and like the Thatcher Demko contract, um, Matt Murray still has a job. Devin Dumnik just got released from his ECHL gig. That's true. <clears throat> you can't yeah. go chasing after names. Like we've done that. Yeah. What we're paying, like look up what other teams are paying for their goalies. Like we are right. We just rattled off 16 home wins on a discount contracts for what we're paying for our goalie. Mm. You got to look at that, especially what we're going to have to pay when it comes to retaining the people on the team that score the goals. Um, This is, we have lightning in a bottle here. So, you know, and I mentioned Kemper being an unrestricted. So is Francois. So that it's going to be very interesting in the off season for the avalanche to see what they do in goal. And is another team looking at what Pavel Francos is doing right now and saying, we're, we're going to offer him something the Avalanche can't. Uh, that's always a possibility. I mean, he is he is 31. So is Kemper. They're yeah. both 31 years old. So that's a real possibility that, I mean, I'd like to see both of these come guys come back, but there's a possibility neither one of them come back. And then... Everybody kind of laughed when I brought up John Gibson earlier because he has a beefy contract for a long time. If you do end up losing both these goalies, that might be a move where you could and you have Eustace coming in. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good idea. Yeah, because you have <clears throat> total between these two, uh, five and a half million wrapped up. So. Mm, I don't know. I mean, that that's now you're in Grubauer territory. That, that's yep. about where you are. With, I don't know. Definitely something to watch in the offseason for for the Avs. So that's the the 
goalie side of things, what about the forward side of things? And, you know, we're going to be hearing about this forever until the trade deadline comes up. And I don't want to sit here and talk about uh, guys that I, that I want the, I don't want them to trade anybody. I love this team the way it is. Mm-hmm. The guys that aren't playing well, I just want them to play better. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, don't, I want them to play better. I don't want them to be, if they're not playing well right now, it's like, oh, well, ship them out. So I guess like the way that I'm thinking about this, the way that I'm phrasing it is who, like who does need to start playing better or they might start seeing themselves in some of these trade scenarios involving the avalanche that you know are going to be buyers come trade deadline. Yeah, there's, um, I think it was Nathaniel on YouTube. He brought up the question, who would you be sad to see go in a trade package and who would you be happy to see go? So, well, <laughs> I don't want it. Like I said, I don't want any of them to go. I, 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 I don't like, I want them all to, and the guys that I'm sure we're going to talk about are the kind of like the usual suspects here, but it doesn't mean I just want them out the door. I want them to play better because a lot of these guys have put in their time with the abs. Mm-hmm. And if they're lucky enough to win the cup, I want those guys to have, you know, gone through all of the, the trials and tribulations with the abs themselves and within themselves to get to the top of the mountain. But it might not happen. That's just the nature of the business. So throw out some guys because I'm sure we have, you know, a lot of people out there have a similar idea. Number one that needs to step it up or I'm not going to shed a tear when it comes to a trade package. One Jimothy, Timothy Comfer. Mm. Um, but by the way, that's probably the first time you've heard that name in quite some time. So you're welcome. His name is JT Comfer. <laughs> number 37. He plays for the avalanche. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got to step it up. Usually uh, Comfer and Jost work well together. And their stock rises and falls kind of together. They're like Batman and Robin. And you just haven't seen him lately. And you need him to step up and perform, especially in games like we just went through with Chicago. If they're shutting down your top line, they're making Kydri uncomfortable, taking Nuke out of it. This is where Joseph and Timothy, uh, Jimothy, Timothy, Timothy Comfer step up and shine. But if you're not stepping up in those moments, you're just filling a roster spot. We could give that to somebody else. Yeah. I mean, on the season, he's got seven goals, seven assists. Obviously, that's 14 points. But you look at his game logs and the last two games, he hasn't scored a point. The two games previous to that, he had an assist in each of those games. And then he had one, two, three, four, five where he didn't have anything. And then he had a goal. And then before that, one, two, three in a row where he had nothing. So wildly inconsistent for Comper. And I and, and I think that as fans are maybe like losing patience, they, they've given him so much leeway and so much time to really come into his own. And they've given him so many opportunities to take really whatever he wants outside of that top line. <clears throat> yeah. You know, he he could have been a, a Val Nachuskin, uh, you know. And, and it's just not materializing for him. So the abs have a question to ask. Are they okay with him being a bottom six guy and feel like he's okay with that production? Or do you move him and bring in someone who can give you what you're looking for on bottom six production? And you said he had five games without a point. Um, yeah. 
Guess who also didn't have five uh, five games without a point? Me, but I don't get paid by the Avalanche to score goals. <laughs> no, no. You had as many uh, points as he did in a five-game stretch. It's just, I just feel like it's more of the same with, with JT Comfer. And it's, yeah. I don't know if his time is running thin. And, um, I, it, you know, if you're on, like a rebuilding team, then okay, I think he's, he, f- he fills a role. But you're on a team that's, clearly expected to, to go far and you haven't been a liability yet because the team is winning but can they keep doing this of of not knowing what you, what production they're going to get out of you i don't know and, and then when you see games like what we just went through with chicago and abe kubel absolutely just torching it like he was like flying down the ice and he's scoring and he's putting himself in plays where when that trade happened, everybody just fired up the Google machine to figure out who this Abe Kubel guy is. Like, never heard of him. But he's outperforming JT Comfort, and we've given him chance after chance after chance. Like, this is your time to shine. You could step up here. Usually when you tell that to Burakovsky, another one that we talk about, you got to produce a little bit. He does. He'll fire that goal. He gets everything going again. He'll have that sound bite after a great game. But I think we've hit the ceiling of what we're getting out of JT and with new guys that are just like Abe Kubel, like if he's outperforming you, I think we've got a problem. And as far as last night, I mean, he almost had 14 minutes of ice time, so he's getting ice time, uh, but nothing, not, not even a shot on goal. Yeah. Not even a shot on goal. So, um, and then kind of like his, his, you know, the, the Robin to his Batman. We always, whenever you're talking about comfort, you usually talking about Tyson Jost mm-hmm. and Jost. Um, I was excited to see what he was going to do this year because he had yeah. a really good season last year. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were thinking that was his, you know, like coming out party and where he really took the next step. Uh, again, hasn't, hasn't happened. He only got eight minutes and change of ice, almost nine, just short of nine minutes of, of ice time last night. But again, no points, uh, no shots on goal. I I always like Tyson Jost's his, his work ethic. Yeah, he's always working so hard. But I mean, when when you've been doing that for as long as he's been on in the, the Avalanche, is it at, at some point you just have to feel like, all right, this is this is not just an unlucky guy. Yeah, maybe this, like you were saying, maybe we know what we have in JT Comfort, and I. Is it time to say that about Tyson Jost? And the same question needs to be asked of him. <clears throat> Do yeah. you keep him because you know what you're going to get from him? Okay, so you're comfortable with where what his role is on the team. Or do you feel like you could get something of value that can put out better production of what he is in moving him? Again, I don't know. <clears throat> and what why we're bringing this up, it's not like we're – downing Joe Sincomfer. Like no, we're talking no. this year is this is cup or bust because we know what next year is going to look like when it comes to the contracts. Like we love Joe's. We love Comfer. They're great dudes. We love them on the team, but we're talking, this is not like a collection of your favorite avalanche jerseys. Like, yes, it's you, those guys give you the warm fuzzies, but we're talking cup or bust this year. It's Stanley cup. Right. And you've got to kind of put those emotional relationships to the side stats are what speak the loudest 
and you just rattled off Confer and Jost. Yeah. That's not performing. Like, is there someone on the Eagles right now who could do better and help us push past the second round? Because everybody talks about that's our big obstacle. Well, guess who was there the last couple second rounds? Jost and Confer. This is this is simple math and subtraction <laughs> here. Like, yeah, we're not we're not downing the guys, but we're talking about the avalanche as a whole. If you want to win the Stanley Cup, you have to start thinking about how we're going to win the Stanley Cup. That's exactly right. And and I and I, I don't think anybody can really argue that. Like if, mm-hmm. if you are going after the cup, you got to be all in. And yep. if there's some unpopular moves that need to be made because you you like JT Confer and you like Tyson Jost. Uh, personally, I get that, but yeah. you know, warm and fuzzy feelings aren't going to win you a Stanley Cup. And if that's the goal, then then difficult decisions need to be made, and and that's the unfortunate part of it. And if you have warm and fuzzy feelings, do what I do with my warm and fuzzy feelings. I'll tune into a Sharks game just to watch Matt Nieto. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or or uh, Jonas Donskoy on Seattle, but you can't, can't. because they healthy scratched him. Mm, yeah. <laughs> all right so all right uh but let us know what you guys think shoot us a line lock on avalanche at gmail.com because uh you know you're gonna start hearing about this stuff you know trade mm-hmm. trade possibilities and and you know theories are going to be popping up and those guys are going to be included in them in almost all of them um and we're not going to get into the prospect thing maybe we'll do that a little bit later but prospects are always in the mix as well so and if you knew Crawford was on the bench of the Blackhawks, raise your hand because I sure didn't. That surprised I, I me. No what a no blast idea. from the past tonight in that game. Yeah, he and he was yelling at something, which didn't surprise me. But um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Didn't know he was uh, he's assistant, I guess, over there with the Blackhawks. So interesting. But all right. Uh, in the end, the Avs with another victory. <clears throat> that puts them over 60, right? Over 60 points. Then they have 59. I believe so. Um, I don't know if my, my app is updated yet. Yeah, 61. 61. There you go. 61. So flying high. Uh, always good when you get two. So, mm-hmm. all right. We will be back tomorrow and uh, talking about anything that seems to be going on in the avalanche world. But thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Check out Lockdown NHL. Make that your second listen of the day. Get caught up on anything going on around the league. That'll wrap it up for us today. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go.